doesn't that music just make you want to dance? You guys, I am so excited for today. Welcome back to the Here's Hope podcast. My name is Elisa Ayala. If you're new around here, we are all about hope. And today I am excited because we have a very special guest and that is speaker, author of Optimist Fits and Flirting with Darkness, Ben Corson. He is also the founder of Hope Generation and this guy is just all about spreading hope and so I'm super excited for today. You're gonna love what he has to say. Honestly, this conversation just left me so encouraged and super inspired and I know that it's gonna do the same for you. So let's get into it. Oh my gosh, I'm so stoked this is happening. Me too. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Oh, I'm so glad. Any, anytime you want to do stuff, like just hit me up and I love getting to team up. Yeah, yeah, of course. And also just thank you so much for everything that you do, like all your v posts and stuff on YouTube. Like it's very encouraging. Um, you're just very knowledgeable on everything. You talk a little fast. <laughs> but... I do talk fast. <laughs> yeah, so no, but... Oh, um... Thank you so much. Like I just absolutely love what you're doing and you bring so much joy to the table and you were, I remember thinking man you were so good like just starting out so it's just crazy to see like you know how far God has taken this and um I'm excited to post about it. May 7th right that's when it comes up the 10th oh the 10th yeah yeah what's today is today May 7th Today's May 7th, yes. Oh my gosh, yeah, so May yeah. 10th. I just knew May 7th was in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to get after it. My mom's actually uh, working in the yard right now because she okay. is just a hero. But whenever you want to whenever you want to do it, I'm, I'm just so honored to get it beyond. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, okay, so the first question I actually had for you, I've never asked anyone this. And you know Rich Wilkerson, right? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. one of my really good buddies. Yeah, okay. There was a sermon that he did where he said something like, why don't you ask people, what is your Jesus story? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And like that, like something that you can ask people, you know? And because I know mine and it's like powerful to me, you know? So that's yeah. my first question to you. What is your yeah. Jesus story? So when I was two years old, I heard a sermon that my dad was giving. And that's when I, you know, did the proverbial asking Jesus into my heart with that sort of evangelical background. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, read my Bible growing up. The first full chapter in the Bible I ever read was the story of the dry bones. And incidentally, that was also the first story that I preached on in third grade um, when I gave a sermon in third grade on the Valley of the Dry Bones. And so I kind of grew up just ensconced by biblical knowledge, pastors all over, like all over my family. My dad's a pastor, my other uncle's a pastor, or pardon me, my uncle's a pastor, my other uncle's a pastor. Um, my cousin's been a pastor. My brother was a pastor. I mean, it's just surrounded by biblical sort of knowledge and experiences of God. And so I was always around that. But it was really when, and it was always incredibly real to me, but I would say when I really owned my faith was when I was about 16 years old. And that's when I started teaching Bible studies at my house. And I would like wake up before school and I would go to the beach or I would go to a place called Metro Point in Orange County. And I would just start reading the story of the Kings in Second Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles. And I just started loving the idea that the kings who walked with God had a lot of success and it says that they prospered in all that they did. And the kings who didn't walk with God in Judah's or Israel's history 
they didn't end up having good success. So if you look at like, if you look at Jotham, if you look at Uzziah, if you look at Hezekiah, if you look at Asa, if you look at Jehoshaphat, all these kings in Judah, if they walked with God, like they had prosperity, they won battles, they had good success. They, the Uzziah, his fame went all the way to Egypt. And I'm like, gosh, like they were getting riches. And I'm like, what, what's the common denominator? And all the kings who didn't walk with God, like their lives were terrible. And the common denominator that I found is something that I learned actually a couple years ago. And that is in regards to what Aristotle defined as happiness. He defined happiness not as a fleeting emotion, but the overall narrative arc of a person's success over the course of their life. And what I found in my life is that my whole life has been one big answered prayer. So I have gone through the ringer, like whether it's, you know, siblings dying or internet bullying or PTSD or depression or whatever. Like I've just been through a lot of stuff like everybody who's listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. But for me, what's really fascinating and compelling uh, is that even when like David said, Lord, I want to build you a temple. And through Nathan, the prophet, he said, no, I'm going to build you a temple. The no led to a greater yes. And so I'm just saying like the overall arc of my life is God building me a temple, God answering my prayers, God fulfilling my heart's desires, just like he blessed the kings of the Chronicles in Judah, as I was reading as a high schooler at 16, 17 years old. So too, he did that for me and he's done that for me. And so I would say that's when I really started owning my faith is just realizing that walking with God, even though you'll go through trials, traumas, tempests, troubles, tribulations, the overall narrative arc of your life ends up being one of blessing, um, even in a way that eclipses the hardships. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a video that you posted that I really, like, it really spoke to me about struggle, how it's your training ground. And so I think a lot of the times, especially with new believers, I know with me, I thought this too, where it's like, okay, I gave my life to Christ. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to see this through and I'm not going to quit. We think it's going to be just easy, you know, just we're up in the mountaintops all the time and come to find that's not going to be the case. Yep. So yeah, you're right. And, and Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation. Paul said, you're going to suffer persecution. And like, even if you look at the history of the church, the greatest characters were actually persecuted even by the church itself. So like Galileo was persecuted by the church because he discovered not a geocentric, but a heliocentric solar system. Or uh, in, in his day, it was the whole universe. But he, he said the earth revolves around the sun, not the other way around. And the church persecuted him for it. If you look at Luther, he was persecuted by the church as the papacy hunted him down. He had to go in hiding to translate the Bible into German, it's the common man's language. If you look at somebody like um, Origen or John Chrysostom, Chrysostom was uh, actually excommunicated from the church for trying to introduce church reform. If you look at somebody like Martin Luther King Jr., I mean, he was a Baptist preacher who ended up in jail. And it's just kind of encouraged me that, that a lot of the greatest characters historically um, who really made an impact for the kingdom of God went through trials and troubles in such a way that even the people who are supposed to support them turned on them. And that, that's given me like a lot of hope through the things that we go through is like, that means you're in the company of great people. If you're going through difficulty and you're persevering, and that is literally the common denominator of every great person is perseverance. So whatever you who are listening do for a living, whether it's being a mother, whether it's 
pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors, whether it's writing a book, whether it's excelling in school, um, it's, it's very imperative and integral to our maximal well-being that we remember that if we persevere, that is the pathway to getting the victory in these various and sundry respective fields. And, um, and that's why Jesus said, you know, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome. And in him we overcome and get that white stone with the new name. We become a pillar in the temple, all these beautiful metaphors in Revelation. So, um, yeah, that encourages me. Yeah. What is it that keeps you going that you just don't stop? I mean, do you ever get those where that internal like pressure and struggle where you're like, I just, I don't know if I can anymore or, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And here's the thing. The one thing worse than persevering is not persevere. So like persevering is, is hard, right? Like it's hard to keep going. It's hard to be an energized bunny, 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 energizer bunny and keep going. But if you've ever had to sit on the bench for a season and not do anything, that is far harder than persevering and being consistent. Because you know that phrase, greatness has happened in a day, it happens daily. Like I know that's a cliche, but it's true. And so, yeah, so, so what, what I've discovered is like, Kobe Bryant said it really well. He said, uh, when, he, when he was playing basketball, the hardest thing for him was not the difficult practices. The hardest thing for him was not the pressure to take the last shot in a game. The hardest thing for him is when he got injured and wasn't allowed to play basketball. So here's a guy who's played since he was a kid, drafted out of high school to play in the NBA. And you would think, do you ever get burned out? But for him, it's like the one thing harder than training and playing basketball and putting my body through all this physical exertion is not being able to do that and being forced to sit on the bench. And so when you've experienced a season, whether it's a sabbatical or a sickness or something that forced you to sit on the bench, the one thing, you know, that I never want to do again is that like, I, I, I love going. And so now um, I just, you know, I, I'm just, obsessed with just creating, 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 because I know how bad it is to not be able to create. And when you're artistic or creative, like you are, like what happens is you, you need an outlet, you need a channel. And, uh, and I think that's a, a thing that God gives to us, you know, like you can't teach somebody drive, like it's something God gives to you. And when I feel like you're doing what you're born to do, not what other people are telling you to do, what you're born to do, like you just want to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. See, that's how I feel about all of this too. Like it just, it, like it gets me going. So yeah, there's a, there's another video that I was listening to uh, of yours is the mindset of hope path that it leads to. It's the path of joy, peace, renewal, and intelligence. And, you know, you're somebody that's gone through a lot, you know, losing your siblings, depression. How is it that one can just like just get up and go. How do you get into that mindset of, of hope? That's great. That's a great question. And I love how you're like actually collating the information, like you're saying it back to me. That That's really cool because I want people to really get this stuff. Um, and this one gives me chills because I just actually heard, I was with a buddy yesterday and he was watching a TikTok video and I was listening in the background. And uh, there was this guy who really spoke to me that he was listening to that said, and this really spoke to me on a very personal level. He said, when people say like, I don't know if I can deal with this stuff. 
Like, I, I, like what, what if I just can't deal with it? The guy said, well, what's your other option to not deal with it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and it, it's, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like a punch, like a good punch to the face. It was just, it like woke me up, like a shock of ice water in the morning. I was just like, whoa, like what? And I'm going to really unpack this for a second. What are your other options? And this is something I speak to my, I'm just like speaking to myself. Like, so what are you going to do? Like lie down and give up? Like, what are your other options? Suicide? That's your legacy? Like, what are, what are, are to, to lay down and, and, yeah. and take it, sit down and take it? Like, to, because here's the thing about darkness is it not only pushes you down, but when it sees you're down, it'll kick you and it seems very unfair. Like, the phrase, when it rains, it pours. Like, when things go bad, they often go really bad. Hell is a bottomless pit. Like, it's a long way down. I mean, it seems like, have you ever been in a place where you're like, things couldn't get worse and then they do? It's like, there's no way things can get worse than this. And then they get worse. And um, it, that, that's how hell is. It's a very long way down. It's a bottomless pit. It feels like the worm doesn't die. The fire's not quenched. It feels like forever, right? Like when you're going through trials, it just seems to never end. So what are your options? Well, and this is something the, the psychologist Jordan Peterson, regardless of his political views, um, I think this is an important psychological insight. He said it's very easy for a president to make things 15% worse, but it's very difficult for a president to make things, uh, uh, pardon me, let me rephrase that. It's very easy for a president to make things 50% worse, but it's very difficult for a president to make things 15% better. The point being is it's far easier to make things worse than it is to make things better. So there's, there's seasons that you're in where you have to focus not on improving, not on I'm gonna thrive. Sometimes thriving is too much of a burden. You just gotta survive. Just don't make things worse for yourself, okay? So if you went through the day and you made it, you, you made it through the day in such a way that your future self isn't gonna like blame your present self for what you did today, then that's a success. So if you can say, I'm just gonna live today to not make things worse for myself. That, that's my whole goal then that's a massive success. I'm going to live today not to thrive, just to survive, just to, just to maintain what little I can do. If I can carry the rock from here to there, like that's all I did. That's good. And I think that's what helps me to keep going is remembering that, you know, when your mouth is in the lake of the crocodile, you can't plan 10 years in the future. You just have to not even think about tomorrow. Like, how do I get through this day? I'm going to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And, um, what are your other options? Sometimes that's your only option. And, and that, uh, that's important, but also one more thing, like what I found is that God always gets you through it. And sometimes it's like, how did you get through that? I don't know. Like I just got through it, you know? And that, that's, that's how God, that's how God works. Like he really, I can say this from personal experience. He really, really does get you through stuff. He really does. So don't think in advance about the future. Like, don't even, sometimes you just got to take it meal to meal. Like, I'm going to get through this hour until lunch. And then I'm going to focus on getting to dinner. You know, like, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Jesus was talking about crisis. Like, don't think about tomorrow. And I think that's really helpful when you're going through hard times. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've gotten those days too where it's like something happens. And then I'm just, and I had that thought, well, there's, what am I going to do? You know, make it worse. Am I just going to sit here and cry? Like, that's not really, 
you know, what am I going to do? I can, I can try to do things, something that's going to make it better, you know, even if it's a little something, but don't, don't just sit there and just, you know, cry and just let it take over. So, and you know, you know, what's a good, that's a really good point because I want to be very clear over the course of my life. I did lay down and wasn't able to get out of bed. I mean, depression can flatten you. Like, like, I mean, really level you out. Like where you're just like, you can't move, you know, like I've been there. That state of mind is so toxic and so gnarly that um, you don't want to go back there. It's better to like a manga shark or mako shark, part of me, a mako shark has to keep moving or it'll die. And I think keep moving, sometimes staying busy, sometimes distracting yourself. These things that are often like talked down of like people often disparage that, like staying busy, you know, keeping your mind distracted. Sometimes that's literally the best thing you can do because sometimes we think we're processing, but what we're really doing is brooding. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think just like moving is important. And the other thing I will say is I, as time goes on, have become more and more of an advocate of professional help. I used to not really be into that, but um, therapy and medication uh, really getting help from professionals who are trained to deal with what you're going through. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So when people are like, oh man, like therapists aren't biblical. What do you mean? It says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Like the more counselors we can have, the better. And um, in fact, <laughs> the guy who recorded miracles in Luke and Acts was a doctor. Luke was a doctor. And so I think getting uh, uh, help from doctors is important too. And I, I think that's why Jesus spit to heal people sometimes because spit was believed to be medicine back in the ancient world. Like the Roman historian Tacitus talks about the Emperor Vespasian healing with spit. So all of which to say, like, I think that, um, that medication and doctors and, and, and that sort of thing, if you're struggling with some mental illness, it's really important not to think you're weak, mm-hmm. but rather to realize that you're sick. Sometimes you're sick and, and there's, not only is there nothing wrong with getting help, like if you broke your leg and you're like, I'm not going to go to the doctor. Well, that's your bad then. Like go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, that's important too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, the final question that I have for you, because, um, well, being a new believer myself, it hasn't been that long, you know, but two years. Wow. Yeah. So any, do you have any advice, anything that you want to say? Um, because I know for myself, I'd like, there's like, a ton of opposition and resistance that I felt like going to church or even opening up my Bible sometimes. Like I, I get like sometimes shame that, that I don't, that I don't have the feeling of wanting to. And then like guilty that I feel so much opposition and resistance. And sometimes I feel like at at the very beginning of my walk with God, it was all, you know, beautiful. Everything was heightened. Everything was good. And then there's a season where it's like, like I feel shame so that maybe something isn't right here. Um, so do you have any, like any advice? What, what do you have to say to that? That's great. The neuroscientist Antonio Damasio talked about how, um, if I'm not mistaking the statistic, it's 95% of the time it's our feelings that decide for us. Feelings are not facts. In fact, if feelings were your friend, they would be a terrible friend. <laughs> because they lie all the time. Like, well, like, would you trust a friend that lied to you as much as your feelings do? It's so important to remember that feelings are not facts. So like, 
if you look at your feelings or thoughts on a conveyor belt and just watch them pass sort of as objectively as you can, I know you can't be completely objective, but as much as you can, you just kind of watch them pass. You realize, okay, they, they pass, they pass. The feeling of shame passes. The feeling of sadness passes. It might take a while. The conveyor belt slow sometimes, but these things pass. And I think that uh, when you feel those things, just remember your feelings are not facts. And don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your emotions. I really believe, and this is, good, this is not a moralistic uh, POV. This is just like more of a spinal fortitude thing. What you do matters. It, it literally doesn't matter what you feel. And that's sort of what William James, the American pragmatist philosophical movement from 100 years ago, propagated is that it like what are, what is practical like what are you doing and that's why metaphysics astrophysics quantum mechanics all these things i like to study if it's not translating itself into some sort of pragmatic or practical action like actionable steps then it's not useful so if knowledge doesn't have feet then it's not useful and i think the deeper we can go into knowledge uh hopefully the more we'll, we'll be able to kind of put shoes on the thing and run. And so what I would say is when you don't feel it, just remember who cares what you feel, who cares what you feel. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I know that because I'll tell you what, my feelings have lied to me so much that, that I still struggle with this. Like I'll believe my feelings. And that's why I have people around me who speak truth to me because I just have to remember my feelings are not facts. And, um, and, and those emotions, realizing what liars they are, can really help you to say like, okay, I'm gonna make my world small. I'm gonna stop thinking about all these bazillion uh, thoughts or words that people are saying or emotions that are fleeting. I'm gonna focus on like, what's one thing I know? Like, okay, I wanna study today. I wanna go around friends today. I wanna say a prayer today. You know, like I wanna go on a run today. Um, I want to read a read, get get this far in a book that I'm reading today. And then when you do that, you look back and you're like, I'm so glad I took actionable steps because that's what everything comes down to. I mean, James said faith without works is dead. I don't think it's faith and works; it's faith that works. And when you have faith, belief comes from the German origin. Germanic origins by life, belief by life. Like what you believe will come out by your life. So you believe in God. That's so clear. Like you definitely radiate the glow of the Lord. You really do. And, and because you believe that it just comes out in what you do. And the other thing I would say is shame has zero place in your life. Like when you feel shame, just remember the word devil is a judicial term. That means prosecuting attorney. And it says he's the accuser of the brother. So his whole job is to accuse you, to slander you, to accuse you. And just remember when you hear slandering accusation, in your head or emotions or whatever, or people guilt you, whatever, ignore it and say, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to tune out the critics as Jesus put out the mockers in one of the healing stories to Talitha Kumi arise. So too, I'm going to put out the mockers, I'm going to put out the shame, going to put out the guilt. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to live up to who God says I am. And that's his kid that, that he loves, that he loves without restriction without caveats without uh, you know stipulations without b clauses and that's helped me a lot too thank you ben that was helpful <laughs> and like, well I i'll tell you what like I, I really love what you're doing and like i said a second ago 
you, you, you genuinely reflect God so much. And I think that if, if Christianity began to more and more uh, go in a direction that you're personally going in, and that was mirrored in Christendom, I think the church would grow in health. And, um, and so just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. And you too. <laughs> Cause it, it Thank helps. you so much. Well, I, I had a blast two years ago, and I'm glad we got to do this uh, this time, and hopefully we'll do it before two years again. Yes. Hopefully it'll be not just a two-year reunion, but but we'll we'll do this more, I hope. Definitely. So um, do you have anything going on, like any new books coming out? <laughs> so right now I'm really uh, focused on building hope generation. So okay. uh, we're, we're, I'm really, really psyched about uh, the video work that we're doing right now. And it's, we're coming out with so many videos. I think yesterday we finished like three videos. One of them has to be redone, but so, uh, the best place you can go is to just type in hope generation on YouTube. And if you go to our YouTube channel, you're just going to see, uh, we, I think we hit 900 videos. So <laughs> we just have a lot of content there. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and we'll talk soon. You guys, I really hope that this was just as inspiring and encouraging for you as it was for me. One of the things that just that it left me with was the idea of perseverance. Just keep going no matter what you might be going through at the moment that you will see it through that God will give you the strength and the grace and the love to keep going. If you need more inspiration and encouragement, be sure to check out Hope Generation on YouTube. I will link all the information in the description. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys and I will see you on the next episode.